Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Ace for Anxious, the podcast diary that tackles the taboo topic of anxiety through our friend the alphabet with me, your host, Alex Ang. Today we're at the seventh episode, which seven is my lucky number, so I kind of knew this was going to be a good one. And each episode highlights a new letter, which highlights a new anxiety, and today we are looking at the letter G. We're back with another guest episode featuring someone that I work very closely with right now. Today we are joined by fellow NAMI Next Gen Youth Advisor Meredith Rossio to talk about our anxieties of growing up. So this year we both serve on the National Alliance of Mental Illnesses Youth Advisory Board called NAMI Next Gen. And essentially what we do is we help NAMI reach their youth and young adult um, audience. And this includes many things from you know, planning events, creating initiatives, and being part of leading the national organization's youth and young adult programs. Now, this episode was really fun to film because I actually personally related to this anxiety, and with this podcast, because I'm inviting guests to talk about their anxieties, I won't always be able to relate, but it's just the fact of having that conversation about our anxieties and how even though I can't relate to them, I still experience anxieties myself and for different things. So if you're new to the podcast, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Ace for Anxious Pod to stay updated and make sure to follow us on whatever platform you listen to so you get notified when new episodes drop because that's something that I experience if I don't follow a podcast on like you know Spotify or whatever I'll like not remember that I listen to that podcast and then I won't get updated when new episodes drop also I highly recommend listening to the past episodes even if you don't like you know relate to the episodes themselves and you know have those anxieties they're truly thought-provoking conversations and I don't give enough love to my past episodes and lastly if you're really enjoying the show so far be sure to rate us on whatever platform it really helps us out with visibility and we appreciate it so so much so let's jump into episode g today Hey everyone, so I'm super excited to have my friend Meredith on the podcast today. I'm going to turn it over to you to introduce yourself real quickly. Okay. Um, Hi, my name is Meredith. I met Alex through NAMI Nexion. We both are, I guess, NAMI Nexion advisors. I'm from Houghton, Michigan, which is like this tiny little town in northern Michigan, um, I am currently going to Michigan Technological University. I'm getting my undergrad in supply chain and operations management. Um, my connection to, I guess, the world of health and well-being and mental health. I have a, a law and policy minor and a, a psychology minor as well. So, oh wow, they're really like they're like my passion <laughs> minors, I guess. Um, and yeah, so I love that, and then. I work on my university's campus as a senior health ambassador. Um, so just just lots and lots of different things. I like to mm-hmm. tell people I do all the things, but I love doing all the things. So yeah, I like how you're involved. I actually didn't know that. So that's really nice that you kind of just like introduce yourself and I learned more about like what you do on campus. Um, but yeah, so if you don't know for this podcast, when I have guests on the episode, the guests actually choose what the subject matter and what they want to talk about. So Mm-hmm. I remember Meredith when I was asking like the NAMI Next Gen um, and a lot of people like submitted some really cool stuff, but I saw this and I was like, whoa, like I literally was like jaw dropping because I was like, I didn't, well, first of all, whenever I think of my words, um, I never really think of the two of two letters, you know what I mean? Or like a phrase or some type yeah. of, thing. so I guess we'll start off with the first question that I ask all the guests is why does growing up make you anxious? I personally have always struggled with anxiety just around developing myself as a human being Mm. and so growing up kind of falls underneath that umbrella I think um where I was going through high school um and I think there's a lot of pressure to be involved with everything play a sport be a musician Mm -hmm. be artistic be analytical be the step person Um, check all these boxes that make you attractive as the next phase of your life and like that's what we often think of as growing up is like this ever-expanding cloud of responsibility and that's scary to some Mm -hmm. people especially when you don't have a support system in place who can really lead you through that process or 
maybe you don't have friends who are as passionate about developing themselves as you um, and you're kind of going on like a little bit of a self-growth journey alone that's really isolating as well and so for me that was kind of what made me anxious about growing up was just am I doing this right am I just a really deep thinker do people think I'm weird for being a deep thinker am I growing mm. up in you know a way that other people like it's going to isolate me from other people because they're just not going to understand that phase that I'm in um and obviously these are it's it's anxiety so these are things you overthink and you overthink and other people hear that come out of your mouth and they think oh my word what is what does she mean right like this is completely normal thing or um I felt that too but anxiety is isolating and so you don't ask or or you don't know and so I think I'm a little bit off on tangent but yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That that makes so much sense. Like, do you think you grew up too fast or you grew up too slow? Like, w- in terms of like, what did you feel like you were kind of like growing up and you couldn't stop how fast you were developing? I think it was that I knew what was coming. Like, you had to make a decision about college. Mm-hmm. You had to make a decision about what classes you were going to take. You had to make a decision about, um, you know, dating somebody or not. Yeah. Or- <laughs> you know just like what what am I going to do for a job especially like those entry-level jobs that are there they can be very stressful because you're in oftentimes food service or like I hate like fast-paced environment or something like that um and so all of those things like knowing that it was looming and it was kind of coming um and me not always knowing how to cope with that just being a naturally biologically predisposed to being an anxious person it made making those decisions really really hard and scary yeah no I I mean I'm gonna validate you right here and say like yeah are you kidding like when I was in probably middle school I was thinking about college and it's just like why do we grow up that way why do we grow up like and this I think this happens to me do you feel I want to know if you feel the same way for me I feel like because of my anxiety too of growing up you know I share kind of a similar anxiety I feel like I can't enjoy the moment do you ever feel like that it's always like yeah expand yes I think sometimes like I've chatted with friends about this and I just think especially my high school experience it was all about creating a resume it wasn't about just living and experiencing Mm. being a teenager and all of the things um like on the outside it looked like you know she's in NHS and she's vice president of this and she swims and she's into music and all of this stuff have it all together um but it was all out of the anxiety that somebody later on down the line wasn't going to think I was worth the scholarship or they weren't going to think that I was worth the opportunity. And so I think that's something that like, I just want to put out there for all those high achievers too, that like you're allowed to slow down and you're allowed to just enjoy a moment because, oh my word, you're going to get to, you're going to turn 21 like me and be like, wait, do I, do I remember 15 to 16? Do I <laughs> like, what did I do that was notable? That was just for me when I was 16, you know? Yeah. So so it almost seems like so much of life is like preparing for life. Like, are we even living life when we're just spending so much time preparing? And I think what's funny is, and I think this is a question that I had similar to you is when do you think you you became conscious of that? When did you become conscious that you were growing up for the sake of building this future life? Maybe at like what age or did you just notice it like recently or something that you have to like always like sit back and be like, oh, reflect on it? I think it was probably when I started coaching a swim team. Um, I was, I don't remember how old I was when I started. I think it was 19 when I started coaching a swim team. When you're on the other side of it and you're trying to lead kids through not only a competitive environment, but also managing their helping them to manage their mental health and well-being um, because that's such a huge part of athletic performance um, from a positive standpoint. I think that's when I kind of started to realize that, okay, I'm in college now. I made it through high school. I, you know, I did all of the things and now I'm on the other side of it. And I just realized like, it's not that deep, right? Like you can just enjoy growing up and being in the moment and making mistakes um because that's the other thing is everybody's terrified to make a mistake and take the wrong path or go down the wrong interest um area or something like that but life is so 
fluid and dynamic and you can't always control everything around you because that's the other thing anxiety you feel like you need to be able to control the environment around you all the time the way people might see you or the way you might feel um and so just having that perspective of saying okay I'm really only a year removed from these kids but I also successfully it was hard but I did successfully navigate my way through all of these big life changes and transitions and now that I'm on the other side, I think if I just take a deep breath, if I had just taken a deep breath or somebody would have just <laughs> grabbed me by the shoulders and said, Man, <laughs> you're going to be okay. And it's all going to work out just fine. Like your story is writing itself and you can wait for that to happen. Like sometimes you can exist at a crossroad and just be okay mm-hmm. with that. It's going to be uncomfortable, but you can just exist at a crossroad and not know what's best and not know what's right for yourself. Um, but it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. just yeah. give it time you know yeah I think that's so important that's why there's always these prompts and I ugh, whenever someone asks me like what would you tell your younger self I'm like oh that's so, such a loaded question because yeah like I would tell my my younger self all of these things you can take the time to enjoy things you don't mm-hmm. you know have to grow up you know so fast and so I guess I kind of want to just go deeper into that like anxiety what does how does your anxiety manifest when it comes to growing up let's say when you realize that it's becoming really anxious like what does that look like for you I think I get really paralyzed by like choice and just the options that are available to me it took me a really long time to choose a major in college yeah because I was so nervous that I would choose the wrong one so there's a lot of paralysis of choice there um and I think it also it kind of just feels like a tailspin you're just spinning your tires all the time um like you can see the end goal you know you want a degree or you want to be good at the sport or you want to achieve some kind of life goal that you've set for yourself obviously it's just the process of Mm -hmm. understanding how to do it it's like that portion of it um the anxiety makes it feel almost impossible to create that process or to just choose one singular starting point where that process can begin and you can really start to make progress towards whatever that goal is I think anxiety too, for me, it makes it really hard to clarify goals sometimes. Mm, Um, I think when you're an anxious person, especially if it stems from sometimes the fear of not being enough, um, just having anxiety about not being enough or having anxiety about being different from other people, it makes it really hard to solidify and clarify your values. And when you don't have clear values, you can't create clear goals And when you can't do that, you can't start the process towards actually achieving the things that are going to help your anxiety ease itself out, right? And so I think for me, it's just kind of always that overthinking, just overthinking, thoughts of racing. I spend a lot of time sitting up at night, (laughs) you know, just, just unfortunately, like, And I don't want to stereotype anxiety by any means, but there's a reason that people think of anxiety as being the racing thoughts and as being that just can't calm down. And that is me. Like I am the very stereotypical um, anxious person. Yeah. Oh my God. Me too. I feel that too. Like, and I think that's why I started this podcast too, is because literally all these episodes are like little manifestations of my anxiety. Um, When I would feel anxious, like I... I always felt like there were so many things that I was anxious about. I mean, growing up is a very all-encompassing idea, but there would be just Mm -hmm. some random moments in my life where, okay, let's, for example, like I was cooking chicken one day and I'm like, I'm anxious about chicken because I'm anxious that it won't cook all the way and that I'll, Mm -hmm. you know, eat it uncooked or whatever. Like it's this growing list. And then when those anxieties hit in, I'm thinking the racing thoughts come in the form of questions. Do you feel that too? It's like, what happens if I eat this uncooked? What happens if I'm I'm doing this, I'm pulling out this chicken metaphor, but it's really because it's so common to, you know, have all these questions. And when you have so many questions, you start to doubt yourself when you probably knew all along, like you have I think you're the only person who knows how to grow up for yourself. You're the only person who has like the roadmap to your life. But when your anxiety kicks in, you literally become the most like most imposter syndrome. You're like, 
Mm-hmm. Am I even like in control at this at this moment? And it's literally the most bizarre feeling in the world. No, truly, you almost. I I was writing about judgment one day, yeah, and I think that's oftentimes what anxiety makes us do. It makes us judge ourselves. We are measuring ourselves against everybody else and every other successful thing that we think mm-hmm. um, we should be achieving at that point in time. Um, but yeah, it that judgment, it forces you to kind of separate (laughs) yourself from your being and all Mm -hmm. those pieces that make you you. Because in order to successfully judge something, you have to separate yourself from it and take this perspective of just, I guess, being critical. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think anxiety for me too, I guess I would add, it manifests itself as judgment. Mm -hmm. And when you are constantly judging and you are constantly taking that perspective of I am not enough and you are actively telling yourself that, um, that makes it even harder, obviously, to clarify anything about who you want to be, how you want to grow up. Um, and you don't even feel safe with yourself anymore. Right? I, that and is that. Yes. That's so scary sometimes. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. And I think part of growing up is we're talking about it in terms of like many different aspects of our life, but I don't think I ever truly think about what it's going to be like growing up with my anxiety because anxiety is a very day to day Mm -hmm. thing. Sometimes it's like, hey, let's manage my anxiety now. Let's try to find some way to come down from the racing thoughts and whatever in the moment. And I can't even think like one year down the line, a few months down the line of like, how will my anxiety manifest growing up? How will I reduce it? How will I manage it as like an adult? You know, do you feel like that too? I'm trying to, I guess, come up with a way to answer. I think, I think I do feel that way as an adult. I think though, I have also really, especially in like the last two years, tried to live my life Mm-hmm. Just with the idea that I know that I'm going to be so uncomfortable sometimes and I'm allowed to stop mm. and rest in that discomfort though. Like discomfort isn't a scary thing to me. Discomfort oftentimes indicates an opportunity, especially for growth. Um, maybe it doesn't mean it's a new direction that you need to go in or anything like that, but it definitely does allow you to uncover something new about yourself Um, you get to figure out what you like and what you don't like. And that's so valuable. Even if it's not necessarily moving you towards this tangible, huge goal, you are discovering yourself through discomfort Mm -hmm. Um, and anxiety is uncomfortable. And so, yeah, in terms of growing up, like I know that I'm going to be anxious. I, I know like when my heart is going to start racing, I have a a Fitbit <laughs> this oh, past year <laughs> when I was in class. Life hack. Um, yeah. Well, I was sitting in class a few times and all of a sudden my heart rate would just be at like 180. And I wasn't, I wasn't at the gym before or anything like that. And I was like, what is going on? Um, and it was just discomfort of mm. being in a room with a bunch of people again after not having seen a bunch of people in mm-hmm. a while. Um and so I would go home and I would just kind of sit with it and I would just think, oh my gosh, like this is what living with anxiety is like. It doesn't make me any less of an important person. It doesn't mean I'm incapable of anything. Mm-hmm. It just means I have to be mindful of when I need to rest and when I need to pull back. Um, and people always talk about like balance in your life. <laughs> and how you should balance it like you should eat healthy you should exercise you should do yeah. all these things and it's overwhelming that gives me anxiety right like mm-hmm. thinking that maybe I'm not living my life in the right way um but I think in terms of being able to find balance with living with anxiety it's just all about being okay with the fact that you're going to be anxious sometimes just knowing from the beginning that this is going to be something that I struggle with Um, And it doesn't make me any less valid or anything like that, but it does require me to admit that to myself and Mm -hmm. then take some action to create boundaries or whatever that might, I don't know, help you in the long run. Well, I mean, I love that you've come to that perspective. I definitely feel like I am, I'm still getting there. There are times when 
my anxiety will just be so bad that I feel like I lose or I'll like, you know, uh, possibly go back to some destructive habits that I had growing up Mm -hmm. that I thought I was a part of growing up is like when you come over one hurdle, let's say one barrier is like seeing a therapist finally, you know, and you go mm-hmm. past that, it almost feels like you're, it's like, I I hate to think of it like this, but for lack of better terms, it feels like you're leveling up. And that's why it makes it so much worse that let's say you are going back to destructive habits or you're feeling like your anxiety is worsening. It feels like all of that progress you've made in the however many months you've spent working on yourself, it just feels like it all like disappears. Like it can just feel so like disheartening sometimes in the journey to right. recovery. I will say though, because I have also had that same experience and the thought process that comes after it is oftentimes mm-hmm. so disheartening and just you almost devalue all of the progress that you've I know. made. It's so quick. But I also, I tried to take this perspective that those maybe unhealthy thought patterns or the things that I used to do Um, And still sometimes do because it's a coping thing, right? Like you learned that the unhealthy coping mechanisms that you had or the unhealthy thought processes that you had, that's a part of yourself Mm -hmm. that you don't have to take with you, but you can thank that part of yourself because it was trying to keep you safe too, right? The reason you develop those things is because it was your brain trying to compartmentalize to keep you safe and to keep you moving forward. It's not something that you have to necessarily take with you or feel shame about for the rest of your life. But if you see that stuff coming back into your life, it's like, okay, well, what's triggering this? And what's triggering that little part of me that I used to, you know, hold on to so tightly and now I don't anymore, but I see it triggering me. And why is it triggering me? Mm. You know, that, that part of me isn't invaluable, you know, Mm. like I'm learning something from that. And I can take a lesson away from that, even if I backslide a little bit or it feels like I backslid or something like that. Um, that's still a valuable piece of me and teach me something about myself and what I need in the future in order to not do that. Yeah. So I try to make that part of myself, I suppose. That's the perspective I try to take. Yeah. No, so inspiring because I... I think the one once I heard this, I feel like it literally changed the way I saw anxiety. But yeah, someone told me that anxiety is your body reacting to something and telling you that it's too important to ignore. And when I heard that, I was more mm-hmm. okay. It's it's in some ways it is helpful. You know, I don't obviously want to put a blanket statement like anxiety is good. Um, but yeah, like you said, realizing mm-hmm. that it does provide some value, even though you may not see it in the moment, and that what you're saying right now is totally validating that. Like, I think it changed the way I, my relationship with my anxiety when I didn't see it so much as um, sort of a hindrance, but sort of like when I'm with people, and I don't know if you experience this too, but I have a lot of people in my life who don't experience anxiety, whether they might experience situational. Mm -hmm. So in like situations that are obviously very anxiety inducing, but like day to day, they don't experience anxiety. And when I'm with them, it's almost like I have like, you know, like this like like vision, like where you see things like light up and you see like where you lost something. Like it's almost like you see things clearer or differently and it's like alerting you to something. Like I'll just say sometimes in situations, like I can spot when something is about to become either like dangerous or it's like Mm self-preservation, you know what I mean? And I have that, that, you know, most of my colleagues and friends that don't have anxiety have. And I think a part of growing up is realizing that exactly what you said is that, you know, there is a part of it where it is, it does provide like value to your life. It makes you different, but not in a way that you should be ashamed at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I always just think of my anxiety as like, just this little toddler who yeah I don't know I just they're they're there they're holding my hand and they're telling me well I'm nervous about this and I don't want to try this and it's always just that process of saying no like it's you know the adult version of me is like no you know it's gonna be okay stop I love that yeah I don't know I just think like it's so much easier to have compassion for yourself when you think about those things that you might think are weird or wrong or something in a way that creates them into this little I don't know for me it's always just like this little tiny being and I love kids and I know that 
you know, I want to love that little kid part of myself. And so my anxiety is just that little kid part of myself. That's a little bit more nervous than maybe I am now Mm -hmm. being on the other side of so many life lessons and so many different experiences, but it's still there and it's still holding onto my arm and, you know, saying, no, we shouldn't do that. But it it just doesn't know, you know, it just doesn't realize. It's not educated. Yeah. I'll honestly, that's probably why (laughs) I haven't seen my anxiety like that is because I don't like kids. Like, I like, I mean, (laughs) I don't like kids to the extent where like, I will, like, I will spend my like summers with them, like in a room. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's probably the one thing keeping me from that is that like, for me, I'm so impatient with my anxiety. I treat it like, Mm like you need to be like punished like in my anxiety because (laughs) because I'm like it's affecting my day-to-day life and I don't want it to be so yeah I think what you said though about compassion and grace and okay so like a part of growing up do you how was growing up with people who didn't share the same anxieties as you or didn't feel the same way and couldn't reciprocate your feelings well I think I was really like ashamed of the fact that I felt the way that I did yeah being so nervous um, I, so I didn't really share it all that much. I will say my like senior year of high school, oh my gosh, it was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so isolating. And also I do want to acknowledge too, that during the pandemic, I think we saw a lot more, um, just, we just noticed a lot more people having trouble with the isolation, which did trigger depression and anxiety in many people and so I don't want to um minimize obviously Mm -hmm. the mental health concerns that came out of the pandemic but for me personally um as somebody who was having so much anxiety and so much fear surrounding taking the next steps and going to college and um building new friend groups Mm -hmm. and just transitionary stuff it was really good for me because it was I was able to pull back and really start to connect with myself again and um solidify a little bit more of who I am and what does my identity look like Mm -hmm. and who do I want to be and and then how do I kind of start moving towards that um like I needed I needed a forceful period of rest I think yeah I think yeah I agree with you um and I think a lot of people can agree too I mean like the pandemic was at the height of the pandemic it was a huge like isolation period I think and I think even for me I mean you're talking to someone with social anxiety so I don't even like being in public I don't like right yeah I don't like being around people as like literally so depressed like it sounds so bad for me to say that that I don't like being around people but my anxiety can't handle it it's it's like seeing everyone in a room you know being around people who I guess I'm not really comfortable with so yeah Mm -hmm. you know the pandemic for me was I found some sort of comfort in being able to And that was part of it too, like the FOMO, you know, like because I couldn't be social because of my social anxiety, to some extent, it was hard to see other people just embrace that part of themselves so much. And, you know, that that often was a part of growing up too. You know, I was terrified of going to college. Oh my God. And Mm -hmm. part of the reason, (laughs) right? And for me though, it's literally something as, it's so weird, but I was like, I am so anxious to go to college parties. (laughs) Like, I was like, I don't want to go to college because of like college, like the culture of just being in college. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. for me growing up, that was a huge thing. Like everyone saw college as like, you know, this new, new phase in their life and so many positives. But for me, it brought me more just anxiety than actual like than actual than any pros really I think the only thing that mm-hmm. I was just so excited about was to finally be learning stuff that I wanted to and not the general education in high school but that was pretty much it for in terms of culture and meeting people I was so anxious that I like wouldn't be liked and that I had to make a new new friend group and I was moving away for college so I knew I wasn't going in with any friends yeah and I think that that's interesting because I what I've kind of been thinking about recently just within those similar terms is that very often when you're an anxious person a lot of the time 
the anxiety can be traced back to the fear of having our boundaries validate invalidated oh, um, or yeah. crossed and I think college life is oftentimes all about having no boundaries oh or having good. yeah yeah or having Bars. weaker boundaries or changing boundaries um and so those unknowns um and kind of sometimes being at the mercy of the friend groups that you choose or um the friend groups that you are absorbed into it's really scary and that is anxiety inducing because there is fear there that your boundaries whether you realize it or not it's that your way of life and your expectations and the boundaries that you set in your life well how do i make those sustainable and how do i carry them into this new phase and so mm. i think that really for me was one of the things that made me so terrified of that transition and of life yeah let me just say you just say everything so eloquently I'm like the like just like the boundaries I'm like I never really thought of it like that I mean as an anxious person I feel like I I never really thought of them as boundaries I just thought of being like really annoying like honestly I will I will be honest and (laughs) and this is yes this is my intrusive thoughts talking and obviously okay yeah you should never look at yourself negatively but growing up like I thought I was annoying because of my anxiety. Like when my friends would Mm want to go here, I would say, no, like I don't want to go. And that was because of my anxiety. I never said it, but I would, oh my God, did you do this too? I made up the most like absurd excuses growing up in my life, (laughs) right? Like to get out of situations or to just quell my anxiety in the moment. Oh, I'm trying to think of like literally the like the most absurd one that I've made. But I often feel like that is too, and and that's a really interesting take that you provided, that it is a boundary. Boundaries are good, like, you know? Right. And I think instead of thinking of it as, you know, a, a hindrance, like, oh, you're so high maintenance. That's the one thing that I've been called that I absolutely detest is when I share my, you know, anxieties and talking about this, people say that I'm high maintenance. Mm-hmm. I... I think that's so hard because oh, it's because that's you can't control that, you know, people saying you're high maintenance or just not being with your perspective on life. That's something that is completely and totally out of your control. Um, And I think for me, the one thing that has really helped me is just becoming more selective about who I share those vulnerabilities with. Because there's a there's there's a difference between open and being vulnerable, I think. And so you can be bubbly and social and you can be open and be accepting of people and recognize all of the value that people bring into your life um, without necessarily being vulnerable with them about those things. And this sounds hypocritical because we both work for NAMI and part of (laughs) working for NAMI is about speaking from lived experience. But Mm -hmm. um, the thing is, is people don't always have to have access to you and you don't have to let them have that access to you. And if it feels like sharing with that person is going to induce that anxiety that you feel, well, I think that is a more an indication of what boundaries you need to set with that person at this point in time. Um, and not necessarily, I guess, about being worried about their perception of you, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not saying not to share about your struggles and not to be authentic, but also, you know, protect yourself and, Mm -hmm. and protect what you, what you need in order to feel validated too within yourself. I think share enough about yourself that and but when you start to see signs of either getting gaslit or you know continuing this relationship and not putting boundaries with this person starting to affect your mental health that's when you know that you should do something Mm -hmm. about it like I'm a very open person I think especially now as I've you know improved my mental health really have a, a very like intense understanding of it I'm literally open to anyone like if people like ask me on the street and because this like podcast is so public people know that I (laughs) I live with anxiety and you know I'm very open about that but once I see someone not be receptive to it I draw in a little bit like I've 
I think the biggest example for me was my parents. Like, I think just mm-hmm. recently I started putting a boundary. It's talking about in like the last year or two when my entire life I have been like crying for help, you know, asking to see a therapist, whatever. And they didn't respond the way like that wasn't helpful. And it actually caused me to become more anxious and become more withdrawn. And I had to set boundaries and that, you know, involved me moving away for college and, you know, maybe not calling them as often because some conversations would trigger anxiety. But yeah, it's, it really is, we, when, I think when we grow up and and that, that's talking to like the first, you know, the first year of college, right? It's like, you don't, at that point, you're just trying to like literally be, be your best self. Like I like think of that moment in my life as me, like literally becoming an actress and becoming like a different version of myself because I wanted, yeah, because I wanted to present myself as the best version and literally recruit like all the friends because now, you know, spending, having graduated college, but even at the tail end of my college years, I only had what, like two, like real close friends that I think, I talk to every day and I'm like damn like freshman year me could never (laughs) believe that yeah well and I think that's speaking to to just the developmental age that you were at like during that transition just being insecure that I'm sorry I don't want to put words in your mouth but I know this is I went through a similar experience Mm -hmm. oh yeah where just developmentally and transitionally at that point in time just to keep yourself safe because it will, and we perceive it as keeping ourselves safe. We fake this persona or we do these things that we wouldn't normally do because having people validate us is what we perceive as safety in, Mm -hmm. in that situation almost. Um, And then, Uh, and then obviously you continue to grow and continue to understand what you mm -hmm. like and, and clarify who you are and you realize, well, it's not really sustainable for me to keep this up, you know? And so your perspective changes, but yeah. Yeah. I had a very similar experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. Oh yeah. Go ahead. I I was going to say too, like sometimes it just comes down to language as well. Just Mm -hmm. do you have the language to even understand what you're experiencing? Um, And like, can you, because I think I didn't really even have a concept of the fact that I, was struggling with anxiety probably until the end of my senior year when I just kind of went looking on my own you know Mm -hmm. yeah Um, just trying to understand that's the thing like mental health education there really is a lack of it and I I think on not even like the toughest part is like yeah if you're living with some type of you know mental health like you know disorder or illness like it's really it's hard to even understand yourself at that point much less like understand someone else's mental health that you don't experience and trying to be there for them as like a support or some type of thing I know Mm -hmm. born this way foundation offers like a be there certificate and I actually took it I it's like a course where you can like learn how to just be there for someone who's living with Mm -hmm. some type of um disorder or illness and it was I actually quite liked it it was very comprehensive and I didn't really think about that because the way I'll like treat people like in my life is basically how I treat myself so Mm. yeah there does there does need to be explored some type of like um just overall education because oh my like sometimes the way I see my friends also like respond to my anxiety is like they they really don't know what I'm going through and that and that's the hardest part but Again, like, as you said, like, we obviously, like, we can hold them accountable, but obviously not fault them because, like, they don't know, you know, just as much as right. we don't know. Right. And I think for me, it's always been an empowering perspective to just take the idea that my anxiety is my anxiety mm-hmm. um, and my mental health is my mental health. And um, I keep people in my life who I know are there to understand me and they are going to love me unconditionally. And those people are so, so, so valuable. Um, But also, you know, you kind of start to realize that, well, I also have this really cool ability to take ownership of the fact that I do experience this. And then therefore I can create these coping mechanisms or I can continue to explore these different strategies that help with my anxiety Um, and I think I have just come to this place where I know that this is something that I experience and I'm going to share 
wholeheartedly with people who I think they want to know and they want to understand. And I feel like they could benefit from having that conversation. And then also with people who are just important to my life. But um, for the most part, I think at this point, I just think of it, it's just a piece of me. It's part of Meredith. And yeah, so it makes I don't who really, you are. No, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I guess I've never really been somebody to be super expressive about anything okay. um, mm-hmm. regarding like my identity, you know? And so this is, this is like a different perspective than I think other people would take. But for me, my anxiety, it's just there and it's, it's a part of me and I don't tell a ton of people about it all the time, but. I mean, yeah, I, I see, I see the point there too. And like, preserve your peace. Like you, yeah. you don't have to tell everyone that you have anxiety in order for them to understand you better that's not mm-hmm. like it that puts you at the like you know at the risk of either like putting yourself in danger or people see you differently so right. I you know honestly in in a utopian world like in a really <laughs> great great scenario the world would be more empathetic and forgiving um you know I think I lost a lot of friends growing up because of my anxiety because of the friends that were there with me when I had not started looking at recovery and what actually talking about it or what just improving my mental health looked like. And because of that, I didn't even know what I wasn't in control of my emotions or the things that I said or the things that I did. And right. so growing up, I lost a ton of people. And, you know, that's a part of my growing up journey is acknowledging that people are going to come in and out of your life. I hated that when I was a kid. I kept, I wanted to keep the friends that were toxic, you know, and I was because I was like, right. no, if they leave, I lose one friend, almost as if I was like, I was, was like keeping count of my friends and needed to hold yeah. them so close. And yeah, I think a scary part of growing up is knowing that people, sometimes it'll be people that you meet will have a larger impact on your life even if it's like a very fleeting moment but then it's also some lifelong friends one day if something happens might not continue to be lifelong friends you know mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah that was a yeah that was a very hard thing for me to understand I think especially growing up with you know my sister where it's so oh now that I think of it oh god like I grew up with my twin sister and we both shared so many friends that when I expressed that a friend said something or did something that wasn't conducive to my mental health, it's like we couldn't just like, you know, cut ties because my sister was still friends with them. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, it was really hard to deal with that because if I didn't see this person as a friend anymore, my sister would. And then it was just this weird situation where I would see them in my house. I would see them at, you know, our birthday party or whatever, because we share a birthday. And that was, I think, the weirdest thing for me, why it didn't seem okay. Because I was like, okay, me and my sister have to agree on that. Oh, interesting. So maybe you were really looking towards other people to give you, you know, that validation of your identity and that you were. I I mean, yeah, I I guess a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I just didn't appreciate it. And I think I, I have more self-respect, you know, grow, having grown up from that age where if someone is mm-hmm. like gaslighting you or trying to minimize what you're feeling, that's not like a person you want to have around. I mean, depending on the person, but for me, it's not the type of person I can be around because then I will always question myself. I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'm not supposed to be feeling this way because X and X said that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think with anxiety, you know, it's very common to talk about coping mechanisms and, you know, on the podcast, because I I get to talk with just so many like amazing people. And I guess I wanted to ask you, like, what are some coping mechanisms that you've used to help cope with like this anxiety of growing up? I think I've done, I do a lot of reading. Um, I love that. Just kind of, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 I forgot. I always forget that like you're very into books. I'm so How sorry. How do you forget? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll just be in the moment talking away and then I, I forget who I'm talking to. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think I do a lot of reading, have read quite a few, I feel like self-help books. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I get a little bit jaded about self-help books because Ooh. they're so idealistic a lot of the time um that's fair 
and they're very like sequentially oriented quite often where you have to do x y and z in order to reach you know whatever goal you're trying to get to or to be quote unquote okay again um so i don't know i i guess i take the the little pieces of wisdom that i feel like are applicable to my life and so i've done a lot of like self exploration that way just through reading and talking to other people but and that's like actually for me even though that's not like you know a tangible breathing exercise or a mm-hmm. form of you know like really tangible self-care like it is a form of self-care because I just really like hearing other people's perspectives Mm, Um, and it helps me to kind of understand what I'm feeling and why and um yeah I mean that's why I read too mm -hmm. and knowing how another person felt sometimes even though maybe we shouldn't necessarily need it it does make us feel like we have permission to feel the things that we're feeling um it's it's validation in a form that sometimes we feel like it it's almost more impactful sometimes when somebody tells you yes you are allowed to feel these things than it is Mm -hmm. for you to say well I'm allowed to feel these things because somebody else is stepping in oh Um, yeah and they're kind of partnering with you on that and so I think that's why I really enjoy reading listening to pe- other people speak and that kind of thing other coping things that I do I I just really prioritize paying attention to the way that my body feels this is something that I've done therapy mm-hmm. um but like if I'm worried about making a decision especially related to my future and continuing that growing up process I try really hard to pay attention to like the physical signs that that oh thing God, is yeah. for me or it's not for me. Like if I feel like my stomach is in knots and there's a lump in my throat that feels like it's quickly falling down to my toes, most likely that decision, I'm only trying to prolong the process of making that decision because I feel bad about not doing that thing or not continuing to do that thing um and so yeah I just try to pay attention to those really physical symptoms and that has brought a lot of clarity because I do I think our body it oftentimes knows a whole lot more than we do because feelings are so temporary Mm -hmm. but um and sometimes like our brains can definitely lie to us I think a lot of the time because it we're just immediately trying to feel safe and we're trying to feel comfortable um yeah but really making space for your body saying okay how do I feel like how do I physically feel right now and and why do I feel this way and now that I've actually paid attention to my body and the way that it's feeling and the way that it's responding what do I actually think because sometimes Mm -hmm. our knee-jerk reaction is to be really anxious and it is to be very nervous and scared and then when we actually take the time to process the way that we're feeling oh my gosh you can completely reframe your outlook you know and 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 avoid that spiral in your brain because you just you know stop for a second to say okay well what am I holding and where am I sitting and really honestly if I make this decision about growing up is it going to be the end of the world you know because it feels like it is take a second to actually talk about or think about and process through this because most likely it's actually not yeah, like put um, things so, in perspective. Yeah, and just stop and take some space and just breathe through it a few times, you know? Yeah, I that's the biggest thing too. Uh, li- really listen to your body. I didn't really get this until I was an adult. I've experienced a lot. Like, okay, because of my social anxiety, my social anxiety was tied first to my um, like physical symptoms I would Mm -hmm. literally get lightheaded to very dangerous scenarios of me fainting like as a kid and I literally like repeated scenarios like oh my god it's not gonna happen today like no 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 Mm -hmm. no and so much to the point where I would just like literally put myself in dangerous situations and I think that part of listening to your body is like again yeah your your body sometimes knows before your mind does you know you're, Mm -hmm. you're able to process things you'll feel some some sort of um, physical symptom for a lot of people. And so I really do like that um, 
kind of thing too, where if if you know you experience physical symptoms uh, attributed to your anxiety, really like take time to examine them. Don't just be like, okay, like if this is happening, like let's like let's like because usually when I was experiencing these physical symptoms for me it was always so traumatizing that after I w- it was in the clear I just didn't want to think about it again you know what I mean because I didn't mm-hmm. want my brain to th- be thinking about that moment where I felt like physically ill but I think it's it's quite important and it you know contributes a lot to like our mental health story when we're able to understand those those what I call like the red flashing signs that um, connects your your physical body to your brain to tell you that you need to like get out of here you know I mean I don't know if you've noticed but like my approach oftentimes to my mental health is like let's face this head on and that's not everybody's approach right mm-hmm. um, so I do want to acknowledge that yeah but anxiety does make you avoidant of addressing things with yourself and with other people yeah. Um, how do because, I get some of that <laughs> yeah like you it, it just you just are avoidant because of anxiety your anxiety is telling you well if you continue to do this you're just going to feel like this forever mm-hmm. even if that's not actually the case and so I think my one other um coping mechanism is to first sit with it and then maybe you shelf it for a little while and you decide to come back and address kind of why you were feeling the anxiety or maybe you do face it head on and maybe this is a situation where in order to grow you kind of have to say well to hell with the anxiety that I'm feeling right now I know that like the rest of me that's also a rational person has assessed the situation and I understand that I'm safe even if I don't always feel like it and this is a moment where I can challenge myself to grow um and so just be selective about those opportunities that you give yourself too yeah I don't like confrontation and I I think you've kind of got a sense of this a little bit as we've (laughs) as we've been in NAMI together I don't like confrontation and it is always because I am scared that I'm going yeah I'm literally scared that I'm going to just feel anxious forever and I don't want to feel that way so yeah I think a little bit of challenge like here and there obviously I'm not gonna you know overnight start confronting people right yeah (laughs) but but yes like you're inspiring me to like yes take that challenge of you know, living in, I like what you said in the beginning, kind of this discomfort because it you can take it as a learning opportunity. And I think for just a lot of people, they run to what's comfortable. You know, like for me, it's mm-hmm. what's familiar. I really, I don't like change. Oh my gosh. Like I think a huge part of growing up is experiencing literally so much change one after the other. And it's like, w- when will it stop? And I hate to say this to like some audience people who are literally like, it will stop. I, I don't think it'll ever stop. We don't Mm -hmm. stop growing up. Change doesn't stop happening. Change Mm -hmm. comes whether we like it or not, like whether we're actually making actions to make that change or when, I don't know, like the world changes around around us or things happen not by our hand. Like that's honestly just something that I've had to accept and it's helped me um, in my anxiety of change and growing up. I always kind of try to ask myself when I get really anxious, just... I was just, I'm like, okay, level with yourself right now. Whose life are you living? Like, are you living anxiety's life or are you living your life? And sometimes they are going to be intertwined. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they are. But other times your life is your life. And it is so separate from um, maybe how you're feeling in that moment. And Mm -hmm. so, I don't know. I just, I'd really encourage people to get uncomfortable or get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Okay, yeah. <laughs> get yeah. uncomfortable, everyone. No, no. Yeah. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable um, because you are going to grow there and yeah. you are going to challenge yourself there. Um, and But do it, do it in a way that is healthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it in a way that really promotes your recovery and a sustainable approach to your mental health. Um, and that's going to take some figuring out because everybody's approach is a little bit different. 
Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I don't want people to, like, listen to this podcast and be like, oh, my God, like, you know, Meredith and Alex are doing all these things. Like, I have to be at their level. Like, no. Like, I also oh. feel like we're at very different levels, you and I. And, you know, most yeah. people that I've talked to as well, they haven't even explored this idea that they might have some type of anxiety disorder or just, you know, that they are anxious and experiencing, like, mental health, like, symptoms. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I love what you said kind of about that. It's like everyone's on their own path. Like, you got to be patient and you'll learn it it's just like I think hearing it also really helps too because I feel like if I had heard this really early on in my like mental health journey like let's say before I even went to therapy like whoa I would have I would have been able to um, internalize it a lot faster than having not heard it all and then like me having to figure it out myself right well and I think too as you grow up and as you go through these changes ask for help and ask for help as many times as you need to hear the help. Um, don't be afraid to not know things. And don't be afraid to mess up and make mistakes. Because at the end of the day, what's the worst thing that happens? Life doesn't go the way that you want it to. Well, unfortunately, that happens regardless of whether or not you can control every single little factor. Um, and so, you know, just try things. And and be okay with failing because mm-hmm. failing teaches you things right if it, failure teaches you so many things about yourself it teaches you what you don't like it teaches you what you're good at it teaches you how to make a process better um and so I think part of growing up well and part of growing up in a resilient way is just about being able to acknowledge that, yeah, you're going to make a whole lot of mistakes along the way and you're going to hurt people and people are going to hurt you. And you're going to have a lot of anxiety about all of these different things all of the time. But the fact is, is time is going to keep moving forward and you are going to keep moving forward with every single day. Um, and you're not stuck. It's going to feel like you are sometimes, but you're not stuck. It's, it's going to go in phases, but you are going to be okay. It all does work out. And I'm going to go through hard things still in my life. And life is really good for me right now. And so mm-hmm. obviously, like, I feel like I can say this. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I absolutely know that I'm still going to experience really tough things. Yeah. Um, me but, too, man. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'll lie awake at night feeling nervous and running through scenarios in my head or I'll walk into a room heart rate is immediately going to increase or you know I'm not going to feel like I can eat something because I feel like I need to throw up because mm-hmm. I'm so nervous and I'm so anxious about something but that's just a little moment in your day you know you've got 24 hours and and maybe that happens three times in your day but you still have hours left and you still have minutes left and your anxiety isn't you it's not it is you and it's a part of you and it's a part of your identity and it and it defines a little bit of who you are but it it doesn't define where you're going and what you're able to accomplish Mm -hmm. Um, you just have to find ways to kind of incorporate it into into your life and into the goals that you have right now I honestly Meredith like thank you so much for like being open to talking about this like I know it can Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of it is a touchy subject I think everyone grows up differently so like to talk about oh my god like where you came from as a young person is and we're still young like we're still growing so it's like acknowledging that uncertainty but so something that I you know I guess we're wrapping up here I something that I always ask my guests to do is to guess the next letter um of the podcast which I think is always really fun um so the next episode is the letter h so yeah do you have a guess you want to put out there in the universe is it the letter H? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess mine would be like health. People get anxious about their health. I mean, but... I can't confirm or deny as <laughs> <laughs> as usual, but that, I mean, yeah, that's like, that's such, that's a loaded one. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, That would be a hard one, I think. Yeah, for sure. But again, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast and 
Meredith and I have a lot, a lo- I mean, a lot of like work coming up together, um, you yes. know, as we continue this journey with NAMI for, you know, another couple of months. So definitely stay tuned on like what we're doing um, and just all of the things that we're accomplishing with NAMI, because even though sometimes it can be really hard, um, we're definitely, I feel proud of like what we're doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah. I think hard things are well worth navigating through um I don't know I this has just been the theme of my year though too is just hard things happen and and I can make it that's kind of been my <laughs> little model yeah, we got this. Me, but yeah solidarity and, we got this and even if we don't I mean what's the worst thing that can happen you know yeah. we go to bed that night feeling defeated and we start over and try again so yeah um but yeah I don't know. It's going to be busy and there's a lot going on, but it's also exciting. So yeah. All right. Thanks, Meredith. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Meredith, for being on this episode of the podcast. Additionally, if you or someone you know is struggling with their mental health, a list of resources can be found in the show notes and in the description of every episode. Thanks to Brandon Hill for writing and creating music for each of the episodes. Make sure to follow him too using the links in the show notes as well. See you guys on the next episode.